0: Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we gather for worship, not just today, but but every week, to give you the glory for the things that you have done in creation, for the ways that you provide in our lives, but especially we give you the glory for providing a savior, your son, who takes away every single one of our sins and opens up salvation to all who believe. Help us by your Spirit, O Lord, to remember to give you glory each and every day in what we say and what we do and how we share you with others. Be with us and guide us. In your name we pray. Amen. St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians today, says these words. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened. You think about these opening words, And it talks about a God who is so personally involved with people that he names every family. What does that mean? Well, if we go back to creation, we see that God had Adam name all of the animals Think of what a chore that was. By the time he got around to, you know, the platypus, he had to be really creative. I mean, dog, cat, mouse, you know, those are fairly simple. But look at what happened here. God reserved the naming of us the naming of his families, the naming of the family of Christ, the name that we each bear. God saved that for himself. That we are created above all things, even the scriptures remind us above the angels We are precious in his sight and so valuable that he continues to work in our lives. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your intervene. In other words, we are gifted with the might of the Holy Spirit in the very core and the very essence of who we are. A spirit related to that life giving breath that God God breathed into Adam at creation, and a breath that still sustains us. We don't often think about having that mighty spirit of God in our lives because I think so often we sell God short. We live in doubt. Can God really do that? It's as if we buy into the lies of Satan when he's trying to tempt Eve. Did God really say? Well, we might not say, did God really say, but can God really do that? And we don't always live by the might of the Spirit. But rather we live with a spirit sometimes of timidity. You see, Paul says, don't live that way. Be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend. Being rooted and grounded in love, a love that comes not from from our own selves, but a love that comes from Christ that flows through us to each other and to the world around us, sinking our roots deep into Christ. Why is that so important? Well, if you think of the mighty tree that sinks its roots deep into the soil of the earth, it's harder for the wind to knock that tree down. And certainly as we saw today in our gospel lesson, the wind and the waves of this world are always beating around us culture and society poking at us to try to somehow knock down our faith, to destroy our hope, to leave us in despair. But Paul says to know the love of Christ. To be rooted and grounded in his love. To have the strength to begin to comprehend with all believers, all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth? You know, if you type into to Google those four words... Breath, length, height, depth. You know what you get? You get illustrations of how to measure a box. I don't think that that's what Paul is talking about here. When he talks about that, we can comprehend with all believers the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of Christ's love. So how do you measure that? Thank you, Sue. The height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of the love of Christ. It's the love of Christ on a cross. That's the heart of who we are and what we are called to be and how we are called to live and what we are called to do in this world. To measure the love of Christ in all of its breadth and depth and length and height, Paul reminds us is to be filled with the fullness of God. Amen. That's actually at the end of my sermon. Really. Really but it fits here so well because it's God who, when Jesus breathed his last on the cross and says, into thy hands I commit my spirit because I have finished it all. It's there that I imagine our heavenly father saying, amen. It shall be so. It is finished. The love of Christ given to us on a cross. The love of God expressed for the whole world in the gift of Christ in the first place. It is the love that God expresses to us and to this world. A love that brings grace and mercy and forgiveness. A love that brings new life. You see, that expression, the fullness of God, is is an expression that, that in the language contains all of God's riches. It is that peace of God that passes all of our human understanding. The fullness of God dwells in our hearts and in our lives because of the cross of Christ. It's not like you can pull up to a filling station and find a pump that says God's blessings and fill your tank. See, the only... The only place you can be filled with the fullness of God and all of His blessings, all of His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness, is at the cross. Because it's at the cross that the love of Christ is poured out for all to see. Greater love has no one than this, but that He lay down His life for His friends. heart of our faith is the forgiveness that Christ gives to us and the love that he calls us to share. I've said it probably a hundred times, maybe more over the years. By this all men will know that you are my disciples by how you some of you were listening. By how you love one another. By how you love the world and people. Now to him, that is to God, to Christ, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, and get ready for the amen, that we sell ourselves short, Our gospel lesson today even talks about the disciples who, in a sense, sold Christ short. You just come off this miracle of feeding thousands with bread and fish. And what does it say in the gospel today about the disciples' hearts and attitudes? And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. They just witnessed a miracle. They distributed the food. They collected the leftovers. The task was taken off of their shoulders because they didn't have to go to town to buy anything. How are their hearts hardened? Because they still don't believe that Jesus can do anything. When he comes walking on the water, their first instinct is not that it's Jesus, but that it's what? A ghost. How many times when things happen in our world do we want to dismiss it as a coincidence or something else, but the last thing we want to do is give credit to God Almighty? We sell them short. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. This is important. So important. Because in a few short days, Christ Lutheran Church and School will be in a pastoral vacancy. And everybody goes, Now what? What if we don't get someone who can preach or teach like Pastor Groening? I hope you don't. I hope you get someone who's ten times better than I am. think he exists want to bet go to God be a people in prayer be clear to him ask and walk by faith because he can do far more abundantly than all that you can ask or think Not only does God do it, but he also does it through his people, according to the power at work within us. God is at work in the lives of his people each and every day. He's at work. We just need to open our eyes and see what he's doing and how he's doing it. Now, I can tell you that when churches go into vacancies, that sometimes they'll do all sorts of things to try and make sure that they get the right pastor. The story is told, and this is in the days before the internet, folks, of a church in Iowa that was vacant And so their call committee decided that they were going to go out uh, and send teams out, two people at a time, to visit all of these churches where the pastor's names were on their call list. They're going to visit on a Sunday morning to see what that pastor's like. And they did. And one group of two comes back and they said, we heard the most awesome pastor and the most awesome preacher, and we've got to call this guy. And those two were so passionate that the church said, okay. Now in those days, you didn't offer visits and that kind of stuff. He just waited for a pastor to accept or decline, and if he accepted, he just showed up. Well, the pastor that they called accepted, and he showed up. And the two who had recommended this pastor, their jaws just went, that's not who we heard preach. This is a different guy. You see, the church they had went to, they had a guest pastor that morning. (laughs) And it wasn't made very clear. But God worked through that individual to do incredible things in that church. Because you see, God had his hands in that process and had already picked out the one he had chosen to serve. Trust God. And according to the power at work within us, we should never sell ourselves short that we can't do that, we can't accomplish that. That's out of our reach, because you see, it's God who's working and he uses our skills, our gifts, our talents, our resources, all of us that he's given to us to accomplish his will. And that's the other thing I would say to all of you. During a vacancy, don't slack off. Be committed. Work. Be challenged. Grow. Grow. Embrace the fullness of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, not only in our community together, but as you live your lives. Because you see, Paul goes on to say this, to him be the glory in the church. You see, the way that we work, the way that we talk, the way that we act, the way that we do things brings glory and honor to God and his kingdom through His people and through His church here in this place. This should be a place where when people walk through the doors they know that God is here. That He's here in the hearts of His people. That He's here in the cry of a little one. That He dwells in our hearts in our lives and in our fellowship together. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. To let Christ shine in our lives so that the world can see Christ in us and through us. See how they love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples. And how long do we do it? Through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Still not done, though. <laughs> forever and ever. And that word, Amen, so be it, it shall be so. Forever and ever, the glory of God. Shines in our hearts, in our lives, in our fellowship, in our church. It shines through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It changes lives. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So loved he the world. That he gave us. His. Son. To God. God. Always, to God, be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And all of God's people said, Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds and the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. To God be the glory.